this morning I'm excited. I've got uh, an exciting message to preach this morning. My title is called Three Jars. As you can see, I got three jars up here. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 2 7. This kind of goes along with our theme right now. We started a theme called In the Beginning. And we started with a theme, uh, a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And so God today, I believe, is asking many of us to begin again. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to begin again. So as we're in our beginning theme, we do have, Shiloh, you'll have to put it up, click it on there for me, uh, Genesis 2, 7. It says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Go on to the next the next two for me. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, so I'll make a helper who is just right for him. Turn to your neighbor and say, just right. Just right. And the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. Last one. And then Genesis 18, 20, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man. I just read that. And then verse 20, he gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals, but there still was no helper just right from him. So this morning, as a Father Day message, we're looking at a man called Adam. Everybody say Adam. We know from Adam that he was formed from the dust. What's special about the dust? You know that the dust, the dirt, it has iron, zinc, and calcium in it. It has a positive effect that works as a shield against parasites, pathogens, and plant toxins. So dirt is important. Don't let anybody fool you. Dirt is important. And that's why we're so special, men, because we were formed from the dirt, right? So go ahead and tell yourself, I am special. Yes, I'm special. God, God formed me from the dirt. I'm special. If you didn't know that, you need to take a shower? You want to keep your dirt. There you go. Keep your dirt. Keep your dirt. Yes. So God formed man from the dirt. And dirt has an important meaning. And we're going to jump back to dirt here when we get towards the end. It says that God breathed into man the breath of God. You know, today as we look around, there are so many people who are alive, but not too many people who are really living. There are people who are, what's up, Manaya? There are people who are alive, but not really living. And we see as God breathed into man, as he breathed into Adam, Adam became alive. So turn to your neighbor and say, are you alive this morning? And if you don't have a neighbor, you can ask your imaginary neighbor. That works just as well. Ask your imaginary neighbor if they're alive this morning. You know, the breath of God is important. Just like all of us need oxygen this morning. It says that we breathe in 2,000 gallons of air in one day. 2,000 gallons of air in one day. We breathe in and out, not in and out hamburgers. We breathe in and out 22,000 times one day. We are powered by breathing. We are powered by breathing. So as God made Adam, as he pulled him from the dust, as he shamed, as he shaped him, as he formed him together, he breathed into him. He gave him oxygen and he gave him power. And his lungs immediately became alive. 
Romans 6.11 says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And see, this is, this is something that really stands out this morning. Many of us this morning, again, we're alive. Pinch yourself, pinch your neighbor, that's better. You are alive. You're here, you're living, you're breathing. But the thing is, are you really alive? Paul says 6.11, the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus makes us alive. Jesus said, I've come to give you a rich, full, and satisfying life. Jesus Christ makes us alive. Jesus Christ completes who we are. Luke 15, 24, um, the prodigal son story, as the father was describing to his other son, he said to his son, my son was lost, my son was dead, but now he is alive again. My son is alive again. And so I want you to ask yourself this morning, am I alive again? Am I alive inside? Is everything within me alive? Is it moving? Is God breathing? Is something happening, moving and shaping inside of me? Am I alive again in God? Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active. This is absolutely the most powerful thing on the planet earth. More than anything. More than some of our muscles, which are some of us have powerful muscles. Right? Sammy, maybe. This by far is the most powerful weapon on the earth, more than a nuclear power, more than any kind of bomb or missile. The word of God has changed everything. God has absolutely changed this planet by his word. He has changed it. He has shaped it. God has moved. That's why it says it's alive and the word of God is active. There are people who hate this. There are people who hate this book. Why do they hate this book? Because they don't want to change and they don't want to get out of sin. When you read this Bible, you're confronted with a choice. Do I believe? And if I believe, then am I going to obey? That's why there's so many atheists today. That's why there's so many people who struggle with it because they don't want to give up the sins that so many people are stuck in. 2 Corinthians 6, 7 says this. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for the attack, in the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. I want you to, to listen carefully to these verses. Paul says, we serve God whether people honor us or despise us. How many of us have been despised doing God's work? Whether they slander us or whether they praise us. Have you ever been slandered before? Ever been cussed out? That's fun, right? Sometimes every morning, right? We are ignored. How many of us get ignored every single day? Even though we are well known, we still get ignored. He says, we live close to death, but we're still alive. We've been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we are always at joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, but yet we have everything. Here's Apostle Paul describing the shape of his heart. And he's saying, I am so alive. I have nothing, but yet I'm alive. I might feel poor in this moment, and I don't have much in this moment, but yet I still feel alive. I am alive. No matter what people say to me, no matter if they despise me, no matter if they ignore me, no matter if they slander me, no matter if they cuss me out, I am alive. I don't change who I am by how people treat me. Adam in this story, one of the verses I read and this is one of his, his best qualities, Adam was a great listener, right? God told him to tend the garden 
and in tending the garden, he says, you can eat any fruit you want. Apple, banana, orange, whatever you feel like. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. But don't eat the tree in the middle of the garden. Now, how many of us know that as men, being a great listener should be one of our best qualities, right? But yet, how many men, how many men, that, that is absolutely so far from it, right? The very first man that was created, God told him one thing. He said, this is a playground. This is jungle gym. You can do whatever you want except for one thing. So what happened? What did Adam do? He didn't listen. A dummy. What do us men do sometimes? Sometimes we don't listen. That should be one of our great qualities, right? It says that man's, it's not good for man to be alone. You know, being alone is the devil's playground. Being alone is the devil's playground. The devil loves it when believers are alone. The devil loves it when believers separate themselves from one another. I was talking with um, somebody the other day, and COVID for them was extremely tough. And COVID for them really warped what they believe in God, what they believe in themselves. And at the end of the day, it's because this couple has decided to separate themselves from other believers. And I'm telling you, it is so vitally important that you stay connected to people. Why is church important? Why is it important to come to church on Sunday? Why is it important to wake up early, hit the alarm clock to get here? It's important because something happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Something happens inside of a church building that doesn't happen anywhere else. The devil, he wants to isolate you and he wants to beat you up. Even in creating Adam, the very first man, he says it's not good. And think about Adam for a second. He had dinosaurs. Yes, there were dinosaurs back then. He had all the fish, all the fresh sushi, salmon, whatever he wanted. He had the best of the best. Because how many know most men like to eat, right? He had his choice. Certified Angus cow. He had the best beef there was, the best freshest these fish were just created. This was the freshest tuna out there. It was amazing. But no matter what Adam was surrounded with, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. Proverbs 18.22 says, A man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And he should treat her like a treasure every day, right? doesn't say that. I added that. But a man who finds a wife finds a treasure. It's not good for men. It's not good for women to be alone. It's not good for people to be alone. One of our qualities as people, we need each other. It's not that we're super needy, okay, but maybe we are a little bit. We should be honest to say we need to be around other people. You know, and sometimes we need to be around other people because we need to slap each other, right? We need love. We need, you know, compassion. We need mercy. But you know what we need sometimes too? We need a good old-fashioned spanking as well. That's why it's good to be around your brothers and sisters. Adam was given the task of giving out the names, and I mentioned this last week. But the thing that I want to mention today is that it is so vitally important for a man, for every single man, for every single father, for every man to watch what we say as men. I can't tell you how many times I've been in Walmart because I live across the street, and I hear dads cuss their kids out, and I hear dads call their kids all kinds of vile names. And those names in those kids' minds, they will never, 
ever, ever be forgotten. Adam, his very first job, he was given the task to call out the destiny, to call out the calling was within these animals. Man, that's what God's asked you to do. Whether you're a father or just a man, you, God has put you here to call out from other people, to call what God has put in, to call it out of them. God has put us here to use our mouth in a powerful way. The man's voice is one of the most powerful things on this planet, a man's voice. When we talk to each other, when we call out certain things inside of each other, God has put us here to use our voice to use our voice. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, right now is a kind of a defining moment in life. There's so many, no offense, but wishy-washy Christians today. In this moment today that we live in, there are so many people who are confused, lost, and you know what happens? As soon as they get confused and lost, and as soon as they start to think, ah, oh, God doesn't need me here, God doesn't need me there, immediately they start to backslide. Immediately start getting into sin, start getting into this, start getting into that. There is so much confusion in boys and girls today. There are so many girls who have no idea what gender they are, and the same on the other side. There's boys who don't know who they are as well either. And I will tell you today that it's because there is a void of a man's voice. Now, most of the time, if kids go to mom, what are they going to get? They're going to get love. They're going to get compassion. They're going to get, I'm sorry, sweetie, dad's a knucklehead. You know, he's, he's this, he's that. But when a kid comes to talk to a dad, now typically, it's a very stern conversation. If you're going to ask dad a question... He's going to give you a very factual answer. It's not, oh, sweetie, you can be a bush today because you don't feel like being a boy. A man is going to tell his son or daughter exactly what's up. A man's voice is very strong and very powerful. And unfortunately today, there's too many men who have learned to be quiet. And you know why we've learned to be quiet? Sometimes we've learned to be quiet because we're told to be quiet. Sometimes we learn to be quiet because we're told to be quiet, and sometimes we just feel like being quiet, right? We're going to hide in our nothing box. I'll never forget when I was, um, I think it was sixth grade. Yeah, I think it was sixth grade. And I was flunking, um, I was getting F for fantastic, of course, in social studies. And so the uh, teacher called the conference with my mom, and my mom was talking to the teacher, and at first the teacher was like, oh, he's this, you know, your son's this, your son's that, you know, mean this, that, doesn't want to do his work, just wants to sit there. And there was, you know, no video games back in the day. Boys just kind of, you know, wondered, right? If we're sitting in class, we don't want to do anything, or just kind of close our eyes and wonder. But anyway, so the teacher is kind of going off on me. And as he's going off on me, my mom stops, and I'll never forget this moment. Everything the teacher said was accurate. I didn't want to learn. I didn't really care. I didn't care about social studies. But my mom stops, and she just started laying into the teacher. So I'm walking away going, yes, this is awesome. You know, mom's letting him have it. But I can tell you when I walked out of that room, I felt like wanting to try to learn again. Just as powerful as a man's and a father's voice is to every single person, Obviously, we know that moms play a part as well. 
And see, sometimes, moms, what you have to learn, you have to learn how to defend your boys when no one has nothing nice to say about them. You have to learn to stand and fight for your boys. Because, I mean, let's be honest, boys were just wild and crazy, right? Boys just want to, and I know girls want to play and have fun, because Cindy Lauper's got to sing her song. Girls just want to have fun. But guys, we're just different in our brains. We're wired differently. And so moms, I want to tell you this morning, because I don't want it just to be all about dads, and dads are important, and it's important what you say. But moms, you need to defend your boys when no one else will. And you need to stand and fight for your boys when no one has nothing nice to say. And the minute you do that, I guarantee you'll see a change that you're looking for. You know, the Bible says that we need to learn how to to preach in season and out of season. We need to learn how to correctly divide the word of God. And to do so, to correct and to rebuke. And so sometimes when, when we're in conversations and people are saying accurate information, Joel likes donuts. Yes, that's accurate as it is, right? There are people in, in, in honest, everyday conversations that we hear, listen, and talk to. But when someone's talking about your husband or wife, you should not let anyone talk about your husband or wife in any kind of way or your kids. You should defend them no matter until your dying day with every breath that you have. Defend them and stand for them. Because I tell you that as, as a sixth grade boy, when my mom stood up for me, when I didn't want to learn. And I didn't want to go to school. Well, you want to go to school to see your friends, right? But when she stood up and defended me, even though everything was accurate and true, I wanted then to learn again. And so I have to ask you this morning, who are you standing and defending this morning? Who are you standing and fighting for this morning? Who are the people that God has put into your life? Because I will tell you, I hear three million complaints about everyone in the world. And you know what's funny about complaints? People slowly don't come and talk to me and complain as much because at the end of the day, I don't sit there, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and listen and, and, and feel bad for all the things that you complain about, right? I want to see every one of you do your absolute best and be your absolute best. But Paul said, listen, life is not about arguing and complaining. We should be shining stars in this world. So last night I Googled man's best qualities. Exactly. Yep. Man's best qualities. Number one. Now this is funny to me. Man's number one best quality is being smart. Number two, man's best quality is funny. Number three. Now I can tell as, you, as I read these, you're going to be able to tell it was not written by a man. Smart, funny, supports spouse's career, makes as much effort with friends and family as their own family, emotionally intelligent, respects your opinions and what you have to say, willing to put all the hard work in, celebrates your achievements. And I'm reading this and I'm saying, I've heard this before. I've heard some of these things before. And I'm wondering how many women, these poor women who have Googled man's best qualities and then judge men by the qualities that Google says. Now, I have to tell you, I love Google to death. Google is one of my best friends. Google can be amazing most of the time. But girls, I have to tell you, if you Google what man's best qualities are and then you judge them by the qualities you're reading, 
it's not right. If you're going to judge a man by qualities, you need to judge him by the word of God. And not what you find on Google. If you're going to have a man held to a standard, this is the standard. Don't look at Google. Don't, don't be in a relationship and say, yeah, he's got to be smart, funny. He's got to support me. He's got to make his, this effort, that effort. He's got to be intelligent. He's got to have respect my opinion. Those are great. Those are all nice, right? But at the end of the day, these aren't the godly things that God has put in man. Those aren't the things that we're meant and built on. Those are not, the worldly qualities are not exactly what we're built on. Good, godly qualities that men should be judged by. You know, one of our, our, our greatest qualities is that we're, we're natural protectors. You know, but I, I'll be honest, I think that sometimes girls don't want to be protected, right? They don't, they don't like a protective husband sometimes. And daughters don't like a protective dad. But one of the things that God made us to be I love this modest is hottest. I, I love that this dad put this out. And, and no offense, I love that he bashed the two other groups of people that he put out there as well. Because the junk that they wear is totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate for ladies today. Totally inappropriate today. And here's a, here's a Christian singer, a popular Christian singer who's not willing to put his name on the line to bash a couple of people to make a statement, I'm gonna protect my daughters. And so two questions, ladies. Do you let God protect you? Because sometimes we walk into bad situations just thinking, ah, everything is going to be okay. And then something bad happens and it's like, ah, it wasn't okay. And if your heavenly father is trying to protect you, ladies, you should let him protect you. And secondly, you should let your husband protect you as well right? That is one of our good, godly qualities. There's a story in Luke chapter 14. There's three more things, and then we're going to get to our closing. Luke 14, 25. Jesus was describing what it means to be a follower, and he turns to his people, and he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, wife and children, brothers, sisters, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't carry your own cross, follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now, when you read these verses, it sounds so harsh. Jesus, at times, he was very, very harsh. He says, listen, if you want to be my disciple, hate everyone else. Father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters. And to just to take a step back, if you read this, see, men and women are going to see this differently. Men are going to read this and say, okay, God just wants to be number one. Ladies might read this and say, what? I have to be hated by my husband? What? Sometimes what happens, and, and I'm not saying all ladies, right? So don't, don't get me wrong. But sometimes guys have a different perspective that God's trying to teach to the ladies. But ladies sometimes don't want to hear a man's perspective, right? If God has given you a husband and a man, there's this perspective inside of them that God wants to use to teach you. Men are just different. We're special. Yes, we are. But... One of the best qualities is we're protective, and it's also our perspective. And then Jesus goes on and he describes two things in this, in this next part. And he says, he describes building and he describes fighting. And so, again, when it comes to being a man and a godly man today and a godly father, we can't be judged by what the world says. We need to hold ourselves by what God says, Right? 
As a man and as a father, you need to stand and you need to make sure that you're a accountable man to what the word of God says. God has not put you here to just do loosey-goosey and be whoever you want. God has put you here to be a man. And if you're a man, if you are a man, man, why don't you stand up real quick. If you're a man, every single man, I want you to step up and listen. It is... There is no more time that we need to be taken off and playing loosey-goosey and quiet mouth. God needs you to be strong. Boys, you stand up too. God needs you to be strong and courageous. He needs you to be the man that he has put you here to be. He doesn't want you to waste any more time. He wants you to stop taking days off. Being a full-time Christian and a man of God. There is so much junk and crap in this world today. Why? Go ahead and sit down. Because some of you, some of us, this is how we live our life, on our butts. There's no holding a man accountable if he's smart, funny, and cute. Oh, then that's acceptable. No. Men have to be held accountable to the word of God. Everything else will fall into place when the word of God is in place. But my last two things before I get to my jars is men are natural builders. God's put us on this planet to be a builder. And as a man, you need to understand your job is to build every single person that you come into contact with. Every single person that you see, it's not that they're a project, right? We don't live in the projects. It's not that every person is a project. But you need to understand as a man this morning, God's put you here to build people up and not to tear them down. And secondly, Jesus describes in that story a battle and a fight. And men, we are natural fighters. How do we see today still in 2021, there are so many wars that are happening all over. Why do we see in the holy city, why do we see so much hate and animosity? Men inside of us, we have this natural tendency. There's something inside of us that's just a natural fighter. And God has put you here as a man to be a fighter, to fight for what's right, to fight for what's true, to stand up, to fight for your spouse, to fight for your kids, to fight to be godly. And so this morning as I end with my three jars, as you can see this morning, I've got a jar of coins. And I have three I just kind of picked three this morning that are important. But there's many men, and I'll say and women, their life, it's, it's only defined by this. It's only defined by what's in here. It's not how much change you find in the couch. It's not how much change you get home from the store and you dump in a bucket. So many people are living their life defined by money. When you die, you're not going to take it with you. God has not put you here to be defined by money. Secondly, there's many people who they just don't want anything. They want to be empty. I don't want anything. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to be plugged in. I don't want to hang around with these people. I'm very clicky. I don't want to be around church people. I just want to be empty. I just want to be clear. I just want to be a tree hugger. I'm just going to empty myself. And then we have our jar of dirt. And we read in the beginning, we read in the beginning, God created 
man from dirt. God created man from a place that has vitamins. God created man from a place to understand that there's a grounding that, that men, that most men are meant to have. There's a grounding and understanding of who we are and what we came from, to be proud of our heritage. It's not that we came from, you know, Ohio or Mexico. We came, men, from dirt. We came from dirt. This is where we came from. This is us. This is where God wants us to stay focused on is our dirt. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, we now have this light shining in our hearts because we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And it makes it clear that our great power is not from God, but is from, it's not from, sorry, ourselves, but from God. All of us this morning, we are a type of jar for a minute. And for some of us, and there's many more things that we're consumed with this morning. But some of us, I will tell you, probably this more than anything is defined, most of you. You live by it, you want it, you dream about it, dream about where you can go, what you can buy, what you can do, all about money. God needs you to get out of your money, and I won't do it again because I'm not staying here to clean up today, so. But God needs you to be grounded in who he's made you to be. Stop trying to be somebody else. Be the man, be the woman, not judged by the world's standards, judged by God's word. Use your voice, it's a powerful weapon Use your voice to call out destiny. If you hear somebody at the store being cussed out and called all kinds of little names, why not walk out to them and say, you know what, I think that was a little inappropriate. Why not defend the kid? Why not defend that little heart that will forever be damaged because their parent decided to wreck their life? God has put you here as a voice. Use your voice. And moms and ladies, remember, Defend your boys, no matter what people say about them, no matter what people complain, defend them. Nothing in their heart will make them want to change when they know they're defended. Let's pray. Stand with me. We're closing prayer. God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for a beautiful Sunday morning. God, we thank you for Father's Day and all that Father's Day, all that it means. God, we thank you for messes. God, we thank you for family and friends. God, we thank you for marriage. We thank you for our relationships. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that, God, for some of us, it's been a rocky start to this morning. God, that this morning has been rocky. It's been crazy. The devil is out attacking like crazy. But we pray, God, that in this moment, you've, you've already changed everything. God, we pray in this moment for every, for every need and heart that's here this morning, God, we just lift them up to you. God, for everything that is crazy that is going on, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, God, whatever in our lives is just hectic and crazy, God, we just lay it down and we just give it to you this morning. God, we pray and it doesn't matter how we started today, but it matters how we finish today. And I pray, God, that you would help us to walk out and to be the best husband, best father, best man, best mom, best spouse. God, that you have made us to be as we give you ourselves today. In Jesus' name.
Amen.